This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now look, y'all, it is crazy outside. There's all kinds of stuff going on. If you are working a nine to five, you're probably stressed out about keeping your nine to five. If you don't have a nine to five, you're probably in the middle of trying to get a new nine to five. Or maybe you made the crazy leap to be a full-time entrepreneur like me. You got the world on fire all around you, middle of elections year. A lot of stuff going on. It's just, it's absolutely nuts, right? It's nuts outside. And I could definitely see, I'll speak for me. Look, for me, I know I be going to therapy on a regular basis. I believe in therapy, all right? Hashtag uh, black folks need therapy. Hashtag we all need therapy. We all need it. And for me, I can say if it wasn't for therapy being like an ongoing maintenance tool in my toolkit to help me stay level and help me realize that I'm okay, everything around me is okay, here's what I can control, that has been critical for me. And I would hope that if you have thought about therapy, and if, or if you haven't thought about therapy, shoot, let's say you're like, like I ain't got time for therapy, I got, I'm too busy trying to make sure that these plates keep on spinning, I hope that you check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online. It's completely convenient, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, keyword licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge, which is incredible. It's very challenging to move around and find the right therapist for you. The fact that BetterHelp is providing that as just part of your experience is incredible. So find your support, get the help you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash corp today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash corp, C-O-R-P. Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control from Happy Mama. Estro Control contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including Estro Control. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. What's up, y'all? This is Zach. And this is Latricia. And you're listening to Living Corporate. We've said it a few times before, but I want to reiterate, Living Corporate is not a current events podcast. Our content has been consistently evergreen. However, that isn't a goal to itself, right? Like we started Living Corporate to have authentic, courageous discussions around topics that explore the perspectives of folks that are often ignored in the workplace. So we're going to break from our typical format and talk about Botham Jean, but at a larger level, black death at the hands of police the effect it has on black observers, particularly those in the workplace, and what companies at large can do and what professionals can do and not do to promote empathy and allyship. Latricia, can you talk about how you felt when you heard the news of Botham Jean? 
Yeah, it was really tough. It's It's been a day now and I'm still processing everything. Um, but yeah, it's a, it a normal Friday for me. Woke up on client calls, um, different meetings, and I didn't really have enough time to open my phone and check Instagram because I was so busy that morning. Um, and then maybe around noon, I check Instagram and I see very, it seemed like a very familiar face um, all over my IG and I'm kind of confused as to what's going on. And I read the story, I see that another black man has been shot down by the police and it's someone basically in my own backyard we live in the same city we um were actually previous co-workers and it was just unbelievable i just remember reading the articles over and over again and hoping you know maybe he was shot but he's not dead because i just could not um I just couldn't believe it. it. It was tough, and I will. And, and I wasn't able to focus at work at all. I um, just shut down, and you know, I I know I had like different things that I needed to get done for the day. But in that moment, I was just like, I can't. Like I'm sitting here, like trying to work, but I'm still on Instagram. I'm still, you know, I have the TV on. I'm watching the news. I'm, you know, I have different people reaching out to me, and. I just couldn't focus and so that day I just had to shut down early yesterday um how about you Zach how'd you feel when you heard the news yeah so so at first I just like I I saw it because I was I was in the middle of my work day so I saw it and it didn't it didn't resonate to me as to what what was going on right so I was like okay what what is this so you're saying he was in his apartment and he opened up the door and he was he was killed in his own apartment by the police. And it was like, for me, my initial feeling was just complete. Just again, just, I don't, I don't want to say shock, but I, somehow I was shocked, I guess, because as many times as we've seen this happen before, this one seemed to be just so, if somehow possible, even more egregious and indefensible than all these other indefensible moments, right? This man was just looking at the story it's like he was just existing in his home. He opens the door and he was murdered. And for me, it, it, then I was, then I went from being like just shocked and confused to being like angry because of the way that the story is being shared, which is so a police officer thought it was their apartment and then shot the person who opened the door because they thought it was an intruder and it's like it's like look I'm I try not to be overly arrogant but like don't insult my intelligence that that statement in itself doesn't even make any sense like that's the that's I have to call, I'm calling shenanigans on that that's ridiculous so 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 then so then it went from just disbelief shock to anger to then just mournful right and you know all of these deaths are close to home they, you know they could be my brothers my sisters my parents my friends they could be you they could be me and I know we've talked about this on the mental wellness episode, but this one was jarring because our profiles are so similar. Black man, minister, super close to his mom, and he's in consulting. And you know, um, you know, I had to step, I had to step away, and just allow myself a few tears um, before I kind of got back to work because I was um, working with others. Um, and you know, other people they they heard about the news and it was kind of like, oh, hmm, okay. Um, but you know, on my flight back home. 
you know, I had a window seat and man, I just put on some music and um, I wept. I wept. I, I cried uh, really hard. You know, Latricia, you and I, we exchanged a lot of text messages about this. You know, do you feel as if you have the emotional liberty to like mourn these things at work? Yeah, it's interesting because um, we were in two different settings when this happened, right? You were actually physically in the workplace around other people. Every Friday I work from home. And so like like you did on, on your flight back home, I wept. I cried and cried and the tears just came out, you know, here and there. And, you know, being in my own home, right, I can do that. I have the space. I feel like I'm protected in my own home to do those types of things. But to be honest with you, no. Um, I feel like when I'm in the workplace, I just have to work through it. And it sucks because I I don't feel like it's a reason. I, I don't feel like it'll be, it's reasonable to other people when I mention things like this and how it affects me mentally. Um, even yesterday, you know, I contemplated over and over again, like, do I tell a coworker how I'm feeling right now? And if I do that, you know, will they think, will it, like, will they understand where I'm coming from? Will, will this be a valid reason to grieve um, in their mind? Um, but surprisingly, I did, you know, I've, I've learned to be a lot more open. Um, I think the Living Corporate podcast has helped me build up a lot more courage to speak about some of these things and I did have a conversation with some co-workers on Friday and I let them know like hey you know I don't know if you saw this in the news but it's really um, bothering me and you know we exchanged a couple of text messages and they were they were very understanding and so I, I mean I was very fortunate that you know I'm, I'm really close to my co-workers and they're they're they tend to be open-minded people um, but it was it was difficult, right? It's just not natural um, for me to have those types of conversations with my coworkers. Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. And so, you know, multiple studies have shown um, that witnessing death or hearing about the death of black people can produce PTSD-like symptoms for black people. So, mm -hmm. to your point, like consider feeling like that, but everyone around you who doesn't look like you. It's just continuing on like life is normal. Right, right. Right. So, so emotionally, like you're on an island and you feel stuck. You're confused. You're mad. You're you may be scared. Right. And you're ignored. Right. So it's like I already feel. I already feel like this. So then compounded by respectability politics and right. to your point around like feeling as if, you know, I won't be seen as reasonable or I might be seen as out of control or just emotionally unstable, which then could affect my financial well-being you know it's just it's you're even you feel even more isolated um and i guess for me historically that's always been the case like so starting from like trayvon martin which i recognize was not um, a police involved murder of a black person um but mike brown right so every each one of these situations there's ever a situation where a black person was killed on camera by by uh, the state, um, you know, I would have coworkers never once anyone been like, one, just keep your opinions to yourself. Like, there's always some type of opinion being shared, and it's always it's consistently been, well, we need to know all the facts. Well, you know, you know, it seemed like if they had a criminal record, 
and it seemed you know it seems as if you know they they did they should have just been complying and so i'm in the middle of hearing all of this i am a black person i'm hearing my coworkers who i'm gonna have to work with and my job my livelihood is built upon and dependent upon me working with them hear them make these statements meanwhile i'm mourning right and so it's just tough like you just feel stuck yeah it is um it's so interesting some of the different things that you bring up like respectability politics and how they always insert themselves into situations like this um and they're often used to completely reject the validity behind some of our concerns around police brutality and it's even tough for me to say this but this situation with Botham Jean is very interesting because we know that he worked for Price Waterhouse Coopers. That's literally in almost every single headline in the news. Um, he was extremely intelligent, went to you know Harding University, recognized by chancellors, and you know, obviously very smart. You work at a very competitive firm. And so now it's kind of interesting, right? Like I feel like a lot more people are kind of engaging in the conversation. Granted, we don't know all the facts, and I've still heard the we don't know all the facts commentary. But it's interesting, though, Zach. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if this is going to be what wakes people up. And if it is, it's unfortunate that, you know, this is what it takes. Um, More black men dying, more black women dying. But I, I feel like a lot more people are, are, are starting to, to somewhat engage in this conversation. A lot more people that don't look like us. Yeah, no, and, 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 and to be clear, right, like there, be, there are times when I've talked to people, you know, who, who don't care about uh, black and brown folks dying at the hands of police. And, I, and I, I've told them in confidence, I say, we say it's always professional, but it's very direct. And I'll say, look, recognize that you have you have coworkers that look like the people that are being killed in the media so there has there there should be a level of empathy from you because it could easily be a coworker and to your point about the fact that you used to work at this company he w- he was a coworker to thousands of people to so many people and regardless of regardless of the fact that if he wasn't intelligent which he was if he wasn't a minister and everyone is saying he was a a community servant and of course very engaged and loving with his family if he was none of those things he was still a human being but compound but it compounds the fact that he he was some he was someone on this earth that was quote unquote doing the right thing simply existing and now he's gone and so now people are hopefully to your point paying attention and having these discussions um, but it's but it's, it goes beyond just having discussions about it after the fact it's about being present and empathetic and and aware generally speaking just like every day mm-hmm. and you know I, I, what's going to frustrate me but I'm sure it's going to be part of the narrative is oh he was one of the good ones it's like look right. all of these human all of these people are human beings and none of these people deserved to die. It's frustrating that people have to, like stuff has to be brought to your front door before you can 
empathize. Right. right. And like, like he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been murdered senselessly like this for people to open their eyes. There's been 50, 11 deaths of black people. I mean, we're, we're going to, we'll talk about this later in the show, but we're going to, we'll point you to resources and research that shows the amount of death and trauma that black folks have been going through by the hand at the hands of police. Right. And like, it's, this is not new. I'm just, and I'm frustrated. Like, you know, this might be the only show where everyone's really hearing me like genuinely upset, right? Like I'm hurt. Let's keep it going. So I know that we've come together and we have a list of some things um, that we wanted to talk about. So why don't you go ahead and talk about that, Latricia? Yeah. So, you know, what can we do when it comes to how we address these things in the workplace? We don't have all the answers. I, you know, I brainstorm about these things all the time. And I think from, you know, the C-suite level, you know, what can we do? These corporations have so much power and influence and, you know, the list is so long, but I, I still get stuck. Like I start to think about, you know, coalitions that can be built and, you know, you know, voting and things like that. But then I just wonder, like, how is this really going to impact um, the day-to-day experiences of black and brown people? And so um, I thought about it and I was like, hey, well, let's just thought about it. And I said, let's just scale this back a bit and look at this at a more micro level. What can we do in the workplace as coworkers to um, address situations like this when they when they come up? And unfortunately, it's happening way too often. Um, and so Zach and I were kind of thinking about it. And there's three things that you know we think are really important to remember at times like this. One is to not ignore pain. And so we talked about our pain throughout this episode. Um, we've both been very open and honest about how this has affected us. You know, it's been 48 hours now. And um, it's important to be able to grieve, right? It's a, it's a human response to tragedy. And so when it comes to you know, being able to mourn or grieve, you do need the support from your coworkers. Um, one thing that we talked about on a past episode related to mental wellness when I interviewed Dr. Toby Odunsi was the concept of calling in black. You know, we it may sound funny, um, but it's real. If you need to tell your manager or your coworker, or, you know, staff that you manage, that you need time to grieve in a, time, in a situation like this, allow yourself that time. Don't, you know, be reason, I mean, obviously, you know, if you have things that have to get done, you know, figure out a plan to get it done. Or, or if you don't have the time to figure out a plan, don't. You know, take the time out for yourself to grieve. And, you know, as a coworker, it's important to be understanding um, when someone needs that time. So, so two is empathy. And so, you know, empathy means putting yourselves in that person's shoes. But like, let me just be really frank, right? About like just a practical definition of empathy. When a black person is dealing with, or you know that you can tell you ask them or they bring it up, or if you see something in the news of some someone dying at the hands of police and they happen to be a black person, just pause and imagine if that person was white, right? So how would you feel if that person was white? 
Okay. So then those feelings, just apply them to that situation. And then you have empathy, right? So empathy is regarding someone else's situation as your own. Empathy is imagining and positioning yourself to think about that situation practically affecting you. I think it's just so easy. I remember during the uh, during the Ferguson protests, I remember I was at work. I just remember coworkers being like, okay, yeah, we get it, he died. Okay, we get it, all right. Like, what's the big deal? Like, people die every day or they're going about it the wrong way or whatever. And then, you know, even more recently, the, the kneeling, the protests against systemic injustice and uh, police brutality and systemic racism, right? People talking about, it's just the wrong, that's the wrong way to do it. That's the wrong platform. This is disrespectful. I don't understand what they're talking about. The real issue is black on black crime and whatever else other talking points you want to have. Like, just imagine that it was a white person going through whatever it is that that black person is going through. Just put a white person, just replace a replace the black person with a white person. We know that empathy exists. Like, I've seen people practice empathy with others. I've seen it. There was a situation where, like, when that, that kid was bullied. Uh, that he was he was bullied. He was like an elementary school kid. He was bullied. They raised like a hundred some thousand dollars for that kid, right? Because he was being bullied, and it was so they decided to empathize by supporting that child and that family financially, right? So it's not as if we can't empathize. It's about making a choice to empathize by viewing that person as equal to you and a part of your community. And I do believe that we're more similar uh, than we are different. And the third thing is to be authentic during situations like this. So this really does piggyback off of showing that empathy. Um, And I can give an an example of authenticity. So um, the the great thing that I, I really do enjoy about my job is the opportunity to travel. It can suck sometimes with personal life, but it has afforded me the opportunity to meet people from all walks of life. And so a young Nigerian girl from Dallas, Texas, is not as likely to come across, you know, a 40-year-old Egyptian man from Boston, Massachusetts and call him her friend. I've had that opportunity to meet all different types of people And I was really surprised on Friday when multiple coworkers reached out to me just to check on me and see how I was doing. And none of them were black. They were different races, different sexualities, different age groups, young and older. (laughs) And I, I really did appreciate that. And I appreciate it because they were being authentic. I know for some people, they may feel um, like, you know, a black person dies. And so you have to text the only black person, you know, or you have to text the first black person you can think of. And, you know, that can make some people uncomfortable. And I completely understand that. Um, and and I've, I've felt uncomfortable in situations like that before as well. But when I know it's authentic and it's coming from a true place of, of just, you know, someone caring and someone trying to be understanding and making sure that I'm doing okay, that really makes this job so much better. Um, I think, you know, as corporate America becomes more and more diverse, we have the opportunity to get to know more people on an authentic level, not just, you know, as your 
coworker who you manage or they manage you, but just as a person and as people. Um, so I will say like that really did help me cope yesterday when I received all of those heartwarming messages from my coworkers. And um, it, like I said before, it really does help. I mean, because in these moments, and I think what I really think that people don't recognize is that in these moments, when one, when you, when you kill someone, when you murder somebody, you're making a statement about your position on their humanity. And so when someone is killed, someone is murdered, someone dies at the hand of someone else, especially when they did nothing wrong and it's ignored or there's some kind of like offhanded, backhanded comment made about it, whether you recognize it or not, you're dehumanizing that person who died. And to a certain extent, you're dehumanizing yourself because we're all supposed to be part of the same community, right? Like the colorblind people or all these folks, like we're, we're, there's only one race, the human race. Okay, so then if there's only one race, the human race, how can you be so dismissive of someone else's pain? How can you not empathize? And how can you, how can you not practice authenticity here? They're a human being. And so I know for me, to your point, like, I had a couple of friends. I have some. I had some um, white colleagues and friends who reached out to me as well, and those moments mean a lot for me as well because there's so many times in those situations where I just want to. I just want someone just to encourage me in the fact that I'm a. I'm a human being. If you go back and you look at the civil rights protests, men were walking around with signs that just said, "I am a man." Like I'm a man. That was the statement. And I think that it's easy if you're in the majority class to dismiss or undervalue how powerful it is just for someone to acknowledge and affirm your humanity, but it goes so far. It goes so far. Living corporate, we exist to push against systems and norms that were not created with people of color in mind. And so while I don't know, and Latricia, we don't know like the perfect answer here, I do know that voting to change laws and measures of accountability is an actionable step. Yep, I I totally agree. And I know voting can be intimidating when we start to talk about voting at a more local level. Um, but there are a lot of really great resources out there that can help you to stay informed and stay engaged in the voting system. Yeah, and so let's do this before we wrap up. We want to point folks um, to resources to help mobilize them for action. So. Uh, one of my favorites and the one that we're going to be linking in this show is uh, joincampaignzero.org. So they're all about ending police brutality of black and brown people in America. It's not rhetoric, though. Like They have resources and tools to help you engage critically and civically uh, to let your voice be heard. So we all have uh, that information in the show notes. Um, Latricia, before we go, any other thoughts? I'm just glad that we um, use this space to have this conversation. That's really why we created Living Corporate. And as Zach mentioned, this is not our um, typical format for the shows. And we just really wanted to have this, take this time out to just express how we feel. Um, and we hope that everyone that's listening is encouraged to um, be more open about these conversations. If we just keep it all within ourselves and we don't allow ourselves to have those conversations, then we're not going to be able to push forward. Absolutely. And that does it for us on the Live in Corporate Podcast. This has been Zach. And this is Latricia. Peace. Peace.
Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.